is a Woodside Church podcast. There's lights at all. Oh, don't worry. That's fine. That's for later. Okay. Happy New Year. It's really nice to be here. Can't quite believe Martin has twisted my arm, but never mind. So for those of you that don't know me, and not all of you do, because um, my name's Jo. I am Ollie's mum, but um, we've been worshipping here for 26 years. And so we're well and truly part of the family. Um, I have two fantastic children. Here is my family. If Rich is, uh, here we go. We'd scrubbed it well. We were at a wedding this day. Um, so if you, you, I know you know Ollie. Those are my parents. And then Emily has surprised me by being here this morning, and I'm already crying. So let's just bear with me. Thank you. And that's Harry, her, um, uh, her boyfriend. Ollie has a girlfriend as well, but I didn't have a picture of all of us together, so I need to sort that out. So, um, I've raised Ollie and Ems as a single parent for quite a long time now. Um, I'm also a primary school teacher. This year, I will have been qualified 30 years, which is really scary. Um, the last 10, I've been teaching at a school called Roxton Academy. It's a small primary school out towards the A1, and I became the deputy head there in September. Um, which was interesting. (laughs) As I said, Martin asked me to preach last October, and I initially put him off and said, can I wait till I've settled into my new role at school, please? However, an email dropped in again at the start of December. I'm like, that's not very long, Martin, but never mind. Initially, I was going to put him off. After all, who wants to spend their Christmas holidays worrying about doing a preach? However... God had other ideas. Some of you may know that I was quite poorly for pretty much of all of December with an acute tooth abscess. Without going into too much detail, it was horrific. My face looked like a chipmunk, and I've never ever, actually ever felt so poorly. But one sleepless night in amongst the pain, I felt God speak to me, and I knew I needed to do this this morning. Whilst I've done loads of teaching to children, both at school and in many, many church settings, I've never taught adults quite like this before. I'm quite nervous, and in all honesty, I prefer you to be a group of children. However, you're not. (laughs) I've learned over the years to trust God in all things, so I'm stepping out in obedience to him today, the rock beneath my feet. Thank you, um, James. The worship fitted beautifully. And Marion, thank you. You'll see that how appropriate what you brought today um, has just set up for this morning. And God always does that in our worship. It's so often the case. So God has confirmed to me that already that this is um, what we need to say today. So now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really a favor of New Year's resolutions. In my experience, you make them and then you end up just forgetting them in a couple of days. Um, However, it is a good time of year to reflect on the year gone by and look to the future. As a Christian, it builds our faith to look at the way God has answered my prayer and walked with me in the past and gives me hope for the future. During my pain-filled night in December, I found myself reflecting on other nights where I'd struggled to sleep or been awake in the night for whatever reason. And this led me to reflect on how God has been so faithful, no matter what. He's always been the rock beneath my feet. He's always been my refuge in times of trouble and the restorer of my soul. In good times and bad, 
and 2023 was no different. Um, God has been there. Therefore, this morning, I've given the title of this preach, Life on the Rock. Together, we're going to look at scripture, which points to God being a rock. Then I hope to unpack what that means for us as we walk through life, both individually, corporately, and then how that gives us hope for the future and what's to come. The Bible has a lot to say about God as the rock. Now, I have brought a bit of rock from my garden this morning. I will. You'll see what that's about later. But um, rock is solid. It's not going anywhere. It's really firm. And that is all of those analogies we're going to explore a little bit. Um, The Old Testament makes reference to God as a rock several times, especially in the Psalms. And then Jesus himself taught about building our lives on the rock at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So, our first uh, scripture this morning is this, from Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my saviour. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. That psalm was written, as like many of the psalms, by King David, and was sung by him on the day the Lord rescued him from his enemies and from Saul. In this psalm, David reveals truth about who God is. Now, David was a king, but he was also a soldier and fought many battles. Therefore, in this psalm, he uses military symbols to um, help him give an understanding of what God is like. And there's five, five of those here. First of all, number one, he describes God as a rock. A rock can't be moved by anyone whom would harm us. Secondly, he calls it a names God as a fortress, a place of safety where the enemy can't follow us. Thirdly, a shield that comes between us and the enemies. It surrounds us. Fourthly, power that saves, a symbol that might save us. Ultimately, God is our saviour and sent us a saviour in his son, Jesus. Um, But this is an Old Testament. He was saving people way back then. And fifthly, God is a place of safety high above our enemies. This psalm points us to the fact that we need protection. If we do, we need it. We need to look to God. It encourages us to take refuge in God, that he is unchanging and a safe place to be. But is life on the rock more than just relying on God for protection? I'd say it is. God isn't there just to protect us in times of trouble. Great though that is. A true relationship, friendship with God, is about both the bad times and the good. And life on the rock is about walking with God every day. God wants us to trust, rely on him and have hope when life is good or even just mundane or as well as in those times of trouble. The New Testament puts slightly different light on the topic. If we look to Jesus' teaching at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he gives his take on what it means to build your life on the rock. And he uses the passage from Matthew. Matthew 7 
um, verse 24 to 27. Now, this story is a story I have taught from lots and lots, um, especially with kids' work. Um, I used to use Jenga blocks. I had left them at home because it was deemed that my, it was too take too long this morning. I've got too much to say. However, um, I love this story. It's also the story that my school has as their... I work in a, a church school. Um, it's a privilege to work in a Church of England school. And every school, Church of England school has to have a story and a vision. And my, I live with this day in, day out because it's the story that um, underpins our school because Roxton is rock, village that's built on the rock. And it felt like right as we looked at the vision and values for our school. Um, so this is really key. This has been key throughout my life. And it says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against this, that house, and it fell with a great crash. This passage is preceded by Jesus' teaching on the Sermon of Mount on how he wants us to live and points to the fact that we should build our whole life house on the rock. What is the rock in this passage? It says that it's everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man. It's teaching us that we need to base our whole lives around the teaching and words of Jesus. Everything about him, everything he weighs, the way we need to live should daily be the foundation of our lives. And if we do that, God is the rock beneath our feet. So that's the scripture, and I wanted to look at it, how we stand firm on that rock, individually, corporately, and then how God has hope for us for a future as we go. So we're going to look first at how we stand firm. How do we keep our feet firmly, our eyes fixed on Jesus? Um, all those Bible passages are very encouraging, but what does it mean in reality? What does it mean when life gets tough to have Jesus as our foundation? What does it mean when life is carrying on its normal everyday way? What does it mean when it's life is good to have Jesus at the foundation? I'm going to share quite a lot of my personal story here this morning. Um, it's, I'm going to try and I'm going to be real. And I hope that means just shows you. Um, that God, we can be real with God. What Marion brought was like, let's, we, we, we can share with him, we can be close to him. Um, so my story. I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. My parents were very involved in church, ran local boys brigade company and did have a personal faith. Going to church was what we did. But one Easter, when I was 13, I was invited to to go to a Christian camp called Spring Harvest. Some of you may know it. It's still going today. Um, I went with some trepidation. The people who had invited me um, had a reputation for being wacky Christians. They were into all that Holy Spirit stuff. However, 
It proved to be a week that changed my life. My faith went from being something that encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time, and it started an adventure that I have never regretted. Sorry, I might be having microphone trouble. I think we're okay. It feels wobbly. I count myself lucky that I was part of a very vibrant youth group with many young people that had also given their lives to Christ. We had some leaders who encouraged us, discipled us, gave us their house group space. We met and learned, we discussed um, in all the normal, usual settings. And all of this gave us, in the group, a, a solid foundation and an understanding of our faith, which many of us have continued to follow for nearly 40 years. As an aside at this point, you may or may not know, I am on the youth team as well as... Um, welcome and various other things and I've been to a new day a few times the information is coming out this week I understand um, I passionately believe that taking people to a camp where they can encounter God as individuals whilst away from their family can be life-changing decisions made on personal level rather than just doing that church thing because that's what their families have always done these experiences plus the ongoing discipleship group of young people is essential to forming solid foundations for their future, which will hopefully stand the test of time in their walk through life. I may be biased, as, as you know, Ollie, the youth pastor, is my son, but I think our youth team do a great job. They faithfully serve and love and set a great example for our young people, and they are setting firm foundations. Please keep praying for them. Please keep encouraging them. Um, because they're doing a fabulous job. And we want our young people to have a firm foundation that sets them up for the rest of their lives. That's an aside, but I, I'm passionate because of my own testimony. After my school years, I went on to university to study be a teacher, and I got engaged towards the end of this time. I got married the, in the year I qualified in 1994. My husband was a Christian, and we firmly believed that God had a plan for us. We came to Woodside just after Emily was born because we wanted to raise our children in a church that was built on word and spirit. We quickly got involved in a discipleship group and church life, and Ollie was born in 2000. Before Ollie was one, though, his dad started having doubts about his faith and about our marriage. Sadly, this led to our marriage breakup and subsequently divorce. To say this left me devastated is an understatement. I had truly believed that God had placed us on a mission together and I certainly hadn't seen myself as a single parent of two children under five. Navigating the grief and loss and disappointment whilst trying to stead be steady for the children was one of the biggest challenges I have faced. One of my non-Christian friends at the time asked me, well, how can you still believe in God when all of that's gone on? To me, it was simple. I don't know how anyone can go through life-changing circumstances without having God. Our entire lives had changed. And if I let go of my faith as well, well, in my opinion, I had nothing. How could I possibly let go of the one thing that was unchanging and stable in my life? The rock beneath my feet. 
You see, sometimes it feels like life is exploding around us. It feels like you're being swept off your feet. It feels like your foundations are breaking up. In my experience, it's these times that it's useful to remember that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Going back to Psalm 18, knowing God as my rock, fortress, and refuge is key. During a tricky time after the divorce, the only way I found peace was and refuge was declaring Psalm 18 often. The scripture lived above the kettle for weeks on end. The Bible, in describing God as a rock, is declaring that he does not change. Our circumstances may be raging around us, but God is faithful and trustworthy, and sometimes declaring the truth that to be the truth is the only way. We've already sung that to be true this morning. Now, later in Psalm 62, David repeats the same thinking of God of my rock. And he says again, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And it's declaring, actually, it's not saying that's not happening. I, I won't be shaken because God is for me. Um, he's, he's not going to shake me. Now, I was looking, my son is studying theology, as you know, finished studying theology. And there are a lot of theology books around our house, so I was looking for something. I was like, come on, what have we got that could um, help me support this thinking? And on his shelves was this, it's a year of daily devotions, and it's by Tim Keller, and it's called My Rock, My Refuge. And there's short um, daily um, reflections on the Psalms as you go through. It's really, really um, helpful. And Tim Keller says this about Psalm 62. He said, this is a psalm for those under stress. I think we know that. And the first verse is the key to facing it. Literally, it says, only towards God, my soul is silent. When we are in trouble, our soul chatters to us. We have to have this or we won't make it. This must happen or all is lost. The assumption that God alone will not be enough, some other circumstance or condition or possession is necessary to be happy and secure. David, however, learned to tell his soul, I need only one thing to survive and thrive, and I have it. I need only God and all his all-powerful fatherly love and care Everything else is expendable. When this realisation sinks in, you will never be shaken. I found this to be true. Um, As we all know, being a Christian does not mean you won't have trouble in life. The wise and foolish man, both of them, experienced the storm. They both got things raging around them. However, whatever's going on, God does promise to always be with us. And we can't be shaken because the rock stands steady and firm. So, it's easy to stand alone. But God doesn't want us to be alone in our faith. Marion talked about a friend that we found someone to walk with. So, my next bit of my talk is about standing together because we... It's not in God's plan for us to just stand on a pillar of rock. 
a bit like this. I think I've just jumped forward in what I was going to say. Big events in our lives are often times that make us stronger. But in all honesty, this is really annoying me. Let me have a, let me have a fiddle. Hold on. I think my hair's in the way. I think we're okay. Yeah, that's better. Okay. But in all honesty, I've found the humdrum times in life to be those that are more difficult to hold on to my faith. When things are raging, it's like, oh, God's the only answer. But actually, you know, going to work, tired from working all the time, tired when the kids were little. Actually, you just do day, day in, day out, and you kind of just, it's, it's all right, isn't it? As I've navigated through life as a single parent and a single person, it's often been the relentless daily effort of looking after the children when they were young or supporting them as interesting teenagers that proved tricky. Keeping sane whilst working full-time and navigating loneliness over the years are challenges that, if I'm honest, I still bring before God regularly. Standing firm on our own and spending time with God as an individual are important, but there's no way I would possibly have survived and standing as I do today without the support of my church community, and that's you guys. It's my belief that the church of God is God's gift to us. When we are connected into a church community, we are stronger together. So, Ephesians 2 says to us in 19 to 22, it talks about this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. See, God doesn't want us to be on our own. He wants us to be joined together. He wants the spirit to be dwelling in us. It's a bit like this. Um, I started Googling images for life on the rock and seeing and is there a pic rich um and most of them look like this just someone on there it's glorious i i absolutely it's a bit inspiring and it, it's god is with us as individuals and we are we are strong we can be strong actually i think god wants us to be connected more it's a bit like this so Oh, Matt, he has left the room. He was going to do something for me. Um, I need someone who is prepared to be an avenger for me this morning. Um, to come out, literally, it's going to be two seconds. Divya, can you come out first as Matt is not here? So Divya, I did speak to her. So Divya, you, of all, I, I don't know anything about the Avengers, but this felt like a really good illustration. So we're going to use it. Divya, what's your avenger of choice? Black Widow. She's the Black Widow. Okay. Do you know what Black Widow's superpowers, strengths are? She is trained to be an assassin, but she does use it for good things. <laughs> She's trained to be an assassin, but uses it for good things. Great. Okay. But do you have any, like, power forces or anything like that? I'm just clever and strong. She's clever and strong. I mean, yes. fair dear. Okay. So Black Widow is clever and strong, and she can defeat enemies on her own. That, great. But actually, some of the enemies, the way I understand Avengers, is that actually they don't beat all the baddies on their own. They can't defeat all the enemies. 
They just can't. They actually, at that point, the Avengers assemble. So, um, Matty and Cal- uh, Callum, are you coming up? So, I have two more Avengers. Anyone else I could do with one more? I could do with another. Go on, Ollie. Yeah, okay. Let's see who they... These guys hang out in my house all the time. I love it. It's, it's, it's great. So, the, you see, who have we got? Who are you going to be, Matty? Captain America. Captain America. What's his, uh, what's his uh, special powers? He's got super strength and a cool shield. Super strength and a cool shield. Great. Okay. Can you... So, Black Widow is standing strong on her own, but actually, if Captain America comes and supports her and fights the battles with her, she's even stronger. Callum, who are you going to be? Hulk. Hulk. What's Hulk's? <laughs> what is Hulk's uh, superpower? Uh, big and green. Big and green, <laughs> and strong, and strong. Okay, you can um, lock arms as well. Um, what's your superhero of choice? Hawkeye. Um, I know nothing. I know nothing. I really probably shouldn't have gone down this road at all. What Hawkeye's superpowers are? He's got really good eyes oh. and <laughs> Which, from Ollie, his eyes are mashed. So, you know. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Hawkeye's got amazing eyes. You see, where Black Widow couldn't stand on her own and defeat the enemies... The other Avengers assemble, they pull together. Their skill set and their gifting and everything with them means they're much more able to withstand the storm. Now, I believe this is what our church church family is for. This is what God wants us. He doesn't want us to go killing and assassinating people. Of course he doesn't. However, However, you see, they're stronger together. It's my experience as I've walked through life in its ups and downs that you're stronger together. Thanks, guys. Give them a round of applause. Our amazing youth team. Okay. Now I've got to find where I'm at. Okay. (sighs) When we are actively involved in our church community... um, we can stand firm together, lifting each other up. Times get tricky, working on mission together, but also walking the days of everyday life together, encouraging each other with Christ as our cornerstone will lead us and ultimately be the, make the church stronger. Excuse me. I have a confession. I'm not particularly great at keeping up with quiet times and spending hours and hours reading my Bible. If I'm honest, it's something that I have always found a challenge and it's ebbed and flowed throughout my life. So consequently, for me, Sunday meetings and my community group are crucial as they're often the windows in my week where I make the biggest connection to God. I absolutely love to worship. Singing praise to God and singing truth lifts my soul. And it's often a place where God speaks to me. But there is also something very powerful about worshipping, learning, and praying with other Christians. Going back to Ephesians 2, in him, Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to build a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It excites me to know that God is dwelling in us individually, but is also working in us to build the body of Christ. 
Like the Avengers, we all have different skills and gifts and we can be stronger together in both supporting each other but also in reaching out to the community around us and doing good to others. Another way God has built me stronger over the years is by bringing other Christians into my life. Marion talked about people to walk through stuff, people to talk to you. I am going to share a couple of people that have really blessed me in this way. And I'd encourage you to look for people that can do the same for you um, and you can do for others in the same way. Soon after we came to Woodside, I became friends with Sharon Atkinson. We had children the same age and enjoyed many a toddler group. Now, we've been friends now for 25 years. We have walked together more times than we can probably remember. But more importantly, we have laughed and cried together over many of the ups and downs in life. We've put the world to rights and just stressed with each other over our children and prayed into those. Sharon has prayed with me and for me, encouraged me to trust in God and take risks for him. She's helped me be strong. God also blessed me with my lovely friends, Nigel and Sue. Nigel and Sue moved into our road around 15, 20 years ago. I, uh, 20 years ago. The timings are really freaking me out. <sighs> They'd been there about a week when they popped over to find me trying to put some log roll edging into my front garden. Um, now, back then, I wasn't as keen on gardening as I am now, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and within minutes of walking in, instead of just standing there talking to me, they rolled their sleeves up and they started doing the log roll with me. And we got the job finished. As I got to know these guys more, Sue asked me one day, what's the hardest part of your week? At that point, I was working almost full-time with two jobs and the children were going to their dads every other weekend. Friday nights, when the children were away, were awful. By the end of the week, I was exhausted and lonely, having no energy to either cook for myself or sort out something to do socially. Sue took this on board. And from that point on, I went to their house on those Friday nights having a space to go where I could be fed, be real, just relax, and in fact often fall asleep watching whatever was on the telly, um, is, is, was, has been, and still is a huge blessing. I can certainly say that this friendship, which was forged in church to start with, and because we shared a faith, helped me be stronger. Now I could go on naming people, um, however, I think you, you get the picture. God wants us to be part of his family, connected to other Christians, lifting each other up and encouraging each other in our walk with him, doing life together. God wants us to be fellow citizens with each other and members of his household. In other words, he wants us to be family to each other. Right. Leads me to my last section, standing restored. I didn't want this to be all gloom and doom. I wanted you to get to the end and go, ah, oh, okay. My last bit is standing restored. God wants us to do more than just survive the ups and downs of life. 
He wants to bless us. He wants to excite us. He wants to take us on adventures and he wants us to be stronger in ways we don't expect. God wants us to restore us. A couple of years after I got divorced, um, someone prophesied over me and brought a word for me. And it was based around Joel 2 verse 25. And it said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. The key words being, I will restore you to the years the locust had eaten. Now back then, the person felt God would bring me through. Because of the circumstances, the human in me thought, great, you know, I'll have a husband, more, a new husband, possibly more family, better finances, all sorts of things which the worldly part of us looks at. In reality, the future didn't look anything like that. But does that mean God didn't fulfill his promise? Often, we can't see what's best for us in the moment. But when years pass, you look back, it's a great joy to see God's hands at work. You see, the initial breakup stole my confidence hugely. I thought life would be dull and challenging. Yet over the years, God has given opportunity after opportunity, which has built me up and restored my confidence. God given me opportunities to serve him on the staff here. Yeah, that was 10 years ago now, guys, which seems crazy. Leading the children's work for the Catalyst Festival was massive, a massive challenge, but I loved doing it. Going on mission trips to Russia, Nigeria. Maybe I wouldn't have done any of those things if I was single. I don't know. We won't know. But actually, God restored my confidence. The fact that God trusted me to do some of these massive things, amazing. Life certainly hasn't been dull. And God has restored me in many, many ways I could go on. Some restoration comes quickly. And some restoration can take years and years. We need to keep trusting for those things that God, we're yearning for. God is always surprising us. Over the years, events which have needed myself, Ollie's dad and their stepmom to attend have been awkward. However, last September, I was unexpectedly given an opportunity to reconcile the situation. It's been a huge blessing. It meant that when we got to Ollie's graduation in November, his dad, stepmom and I all sat round a table, laughed, had an amazing, truly happy day together. This felt like restoration indeed. Let's keep believing for breakthrough in those seemingly impossible situations. God wants to restore people to himself. Now, I can't stand here and tell you life's perfect. Of course it's not. God is, it's, um, life is full of ups and downs. It always will be. However, I can tell you that God wants us to restore him to himself. We can bring any situation before him that we are struggling with. His timing is perfect, and his faithfulness in the past gives us hope for the future as we continue to stand firmly on the rock. So, in conclusion, as we go into 2024, how can we 
develop our ability to stand firm in God as an individual. Other ways you could set apart more time to connect with God, find new ways of engaging with the Bible, display verses above your kettle to encourage you, listen to podcasts, try the Bible in a year, commit to learning more about God to build your own foundation in him. Secondly, how can we develop our ability to stand together in God? Is there a person you are drawn close to that you could start meeting up with who would encourage you in your faith? Is there a community group you could connect with? Before you come to church on a Sunday, could you ask God to give a word for someone of an encouragement or someone you could talk to? Could you ask God to show you ways to do good to those around you? Thirdly, how can we stand restored in God? Firstly, if you don't know the God I've been talking about as your Lord and Saviour this morning and want to know more, please come and talk to me. I would love to share with you. Um, Secondly, though, if you do know God, but there's a situation in your life that you're longing to be restored, to see breakthrough in, why not come up for prayer and come up and see the prayer team who will be very happy to speak to you? Or ask a friend to join with you in praying through this this week. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.